0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Year of the Spirit. Enjoy. I'm telling you, what the Father has for you is going to blow your mind. Listen to me, if you'll come consistently, I, I don't know how to communicate this to you, but the last six weeks... The Lord has been speaking to me about you guys. And I think I'm just going to burst. If you'll just come hungry, ready to eat, grab a hold of the word and the impartation that he brings to you. You keep it inside of you. You meditate on all week. Every week you're going higher. He's going to lead you right into the center of the greatest things of your life.
1: Go ahead. Uh, I was just talking with somebody this week. I love this. This is such a good, exciting new year. I really... uh, so much, so full, so full Bubble but I don't settle, Kevin I appreciate what you just shared don't Absolutely. settle, don't settle because you think it's going to be one way or it's got to be this way or logically it's this Jesus. This happened, no don't settle, don't settle God has come that we would be wholly restored, wholly holy, made every full wit and strong every, every whit whole. whole. amen every I was wit talking whole. with someone and I just want to share this with you real quick before I sit down but uh, there's an opportunity for us and Pastor Joseph has said it, if you'll come consistently, come and eat. If a buffet is spread and you don't show up, you don't get to partake. There can be Ooh. so much available, and if you don't show up, what does that thing say? Ha- or, you know, a thing started, I forget, what's it say? It's like a thing started well is half finished or something like that. You guys know what I'm talking about? But, <laughs> no, I no got idea. No idea. No idea. You know, if you start strong, it's half done, something like that. I'm no good at all this stuff. But the thing is, is that if you're not there, how's this stuff going to happen? And we're at this place at a new year with an opportunity and a spirit of faith about this year right Mm. now. Mm. And so in this spirit of faith, you need to make some decisions. I'm reading a book called Spiritual Apprenticeship. And in that spiritual apprenticeship, there are three things. If you're seeing an anointing on somebody or uh, that you would like to have for yourself, there's three things that you've got to do. You've got to be an association. That means show up. That means show up. So if there's somebody in your life that you see what's going on in their life and you, you would like to see that in your life, you need to show up where that thing is so that you can participate in it. And then you need to contact it, touch it. Uh, The Bible talks about laying on of hands for anointings. But then the last thing is service, to get involved. The greater your service, the greater association, the greater the involvement that you are in, the greater that transference of anointing will happen. So we can apply that here, but I want to apply it this morning to Jesus. Why don't we associate with him? Why don't we come in contact with him? And let's make a decision in this attitude and atmosphere of faith to serve him this year like we never have before. Yeah. That yeah. whatever he leads us to do, we're quick to do it. We're quick to listen, quick to respond to the Lord and watch us grow mm-hmm. in the anointing that God yeah. has given us. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: We said that 2019 is a year of the Spirit. What does that that mean? Well, this is what I believe the Lord gave me to share with you. Year of the Spirit, 2019, this is for you. And I'm looking around, and uh, you may not know this, but you're going to understand it more today as we get into Zechariah, that every face I'm seeing, and I see a couple new faces, and we welcome you to Highway Church if you're here for the first time. We're glad you're here. But the Lord, you can't just come here once, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And I see your faces during the week. And I say, Lord, bless them. Show them, reveal yourself to them. This is not a religious organization. This is a group of people that have been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're the sons and daughters of God. And this is what the Lord put in my heart. This will be a year in which you consciously and consistently will live by the leading and power of the Holy Spirit more than ever before. I'm going to read that again. This will be a year in which you, consciously, and consistently will live by the leading and power of the Holy Spirit more than ever before. More than ever before. And this is the second part of that. It will be characterized by effortless change. Not by you trying harder, but by you leaning yes. more yes. on Him. By you yielding more to Him. So I wanted to up here as we were talking about this I think last week. How do you be a part of what God's doing here? We try to get people out of a religious mindset. Because Jesus doesn't want religion. He wants everyday, vibrant relationship with you. And sometimes that takes us some time to get out of that religious mindset because most of us have had some kind of church experience. But that's not what this is. This is New Testament born again spirit filled book of acts relationship with jesus but you got to know that coming in and if you don't it's okay you can learn as you're here but you can't keep coming to like this is a, uh, your everyday church cuz it's not it's not you have to forget what you've been through and your past experience and god wants to do a new thing in your life this is not about trying to get to heaven we're not trying to get to heaven. It's our home. Right. No one can take that away from us. We're on earth for a mission and a purpose, and we're going to fulfill that mission. Okay? So we were just talking. We were driving in a car somewhere saying, boy, you know, people need to realize what they're a part of. This is not a, a religious organization. We're not coming to do our sacraments and pay our, our homage and hear a homily and, and, and light candles we're coming to be transformed and changed. And every time yeah. we gather, yeah. the Holy Spirit is imparting life to us. Hallelujah. I love what Michael said when I sent him a text last night. I said, Michael, we want to do communion. Michael, what would you say? Uh, life, say it again, life all our day, more life. Life in our years and years in our, more years and in our life. Our li- what, say it again. amen 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 he adds years to our life and life to our years increase and in expansion so you've got an active part we're a, we're this is this is us this is our thing okay yes. this is what the lord's doing in all of our lives and that includes every age group and what we'd like to do starting this year um we uh, would like in the first quarter here to get a a, a toddlers class together um, you got to be able to toddle to get into it. so, um, And then we want to get a first through fourth grade back there together. Um, but I want you to know this. you got to hear this by the Spirit of the Lord. Every age, whether you're a day old or many years old, the Holy Spirit is ministering to every age every time we gather. You don't need a children's church. Jesus never had one. Jesus didn't have a band. He didn't have a youth ministry. He didn't have a children's church. He had the Holy Spirit, and the church needs to get back to that simple truth. All we need is the Holy Spirit. Listen, moms and dads, you say, but my, my child's not going to understand this. This is not about intellect, intellectual development. The Holy Spirit is imparting things to your children. They can't articulate it, but it's happening. I know that. I know Philip's being transformed right now. He you know, they're, they're young and they, don't, they can't speak the sentences we speak. They don't know the words we know. But what's happening is a spiritual thing. Be woke to this. Get a hold of this. This is a different kind of place. God never intended his church to be a stuffy, cold, lifeless, discouraging place. It's meant to be a house where you're transformed, where you partake of the life he has for you, and you go back into your week full and strong. We want you to absorb his presence. Is there anything you wanted to share along those lines? All right. I guess I said what I wanted to say. Yeah, that anointing transfer, exactly right. This takes us right into what the Lord has for us today. So come. Listen, just, I, I, I could care less if I ever go to church again. And I say it regularly, we don't, we don't go to church. Right? We're God's sons and daughters. We gather. We love these public times of worship. We do it every week. Because we're changed. It's a part of our New Testament relationship. If you look through the scriptures, they always had public gatherings with the Lord. Spell way back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Right? It's a part of knowing him. Because you got to know him privately, but we want to know him together as his sons and daughters. So come and, and listen, fix your practice keeping your thoughts on him during the week. So when you come in here, you're ready. All right? You don't have to be perfect during the week. Don't try and be perfect during the week. Just practice focusing on his love for you. Remind yourself regularly as you go throughout your day of how much he cares for you, of what he's done for you, who you are now in him, that you're a new person now. You're a new creation now. Effortless change. I love that. That came out last Sunday. I believe it was by the Spirit of the Lord. And I believe that's what will characterize this year for us. And I've seen it already in the first six days. Something I was working on for months came in a moment. It's like, oh, it's done. When I just let go. When I just yielded to him. And I remember the Lord saying, you don't have to do all that. Just let me do it. We're in a different mindset now. You don't have to do all that. No. You don't have to dot all your I's and cross all your T's. Yes, Let Him do it. Yeah. Zechariah 4 6. Let's put that up there. Zechariah 4 6. Let's join together right now. Holy Spirit, we're here. We got out of our comfy beds this morning or wherever we got out of our cars, our beds, our apartments. We're here, and we're not leaving the same. We thank you for transforming us, strengthening us right now. Thank you for your healing power and your salvation manifest in this place. Thank you for impartations right now, clarity of vision for each life here, impartation of your destiny and your purpose for each life here. Thank you for a year of effortless change. A life of effortless change. In Jesus' name. So be it. Zechariah 4.6 says this, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We're going to get into a little bit of the history of Zechariah here in a moment. But what is he talking about here? Not by might. In other words, not by human effort, not by human strength, but by the power of my spirit. That is how we're made to live. And that has been forgotten by so many. Because we've been conditioned and trained by society that it depends on us. And you have to take personal responsibility. That's part of growing and becoming an adult. That's part of living a a mature life. But there's a difference between taking responsibility and living in your own strength. I accept the responsibility for my life, but I choose to live with the Lord as my strength. And He enables me to fulfill that responsibility. Responsibility. You see the difference? One lifts you up, the other puts pressure on you. And sometimes you might do better than others, but the truth is you can't be all that God made you to be if you're living life in your own strength. See, here's the truth, and you got to get, we go deep here. I don't like shallow stuff, unless I just want to walk in the water for a while. Up to my knees, that's fine. But I don't like living a shallow life. I like deep, rich, satisfying, real stuff. So when you come here, you got to get under the shallow stuff. You've got to get under all the, the catchy phrases and the things that people are saying and, 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 and uh, under, under, underneath the feelings that you may have or underneath the things that people have said to you. Way down underneath all of what, the stuff you've been through. Way down underneath your past, all the way in the center of you, you know something. But if all this noise is what you're focusing on, you're going to miss it. What is it that you know? You know way down in here that you were created for a divine purpose. You, but it's way down in here. And if you'll let the noise of this world drown it out, you're going to miss it. So when you come, get, get, just get the shallow stuff out. Live down here. Live from here. In here you know that you were created for a divine purpose. Satan will try and talk you out of it, but it's true anyway. You were made by the, the Lord of heaven to do something special that only you can do. You're the only Hannah. You're the only John. You're the only Kevin that God ever made. Someone else may have your name, but they don't have your, your makeup. They don't. You're the only Ezekiel God ever made. Only Philip, the only Natalie, the only George. God made one of you. You don't do something like that unless you have a divine purpose. I'm wondering if you realize how amazing you are we're throwing a party for you today because you're so amazing there's no one like you anywhere there never has been and there never will be again this is what you'll come to know if you'll go deep with the one who made you and the more you live deep with him the more you will realize who you truly are and this is when life gets rich. You can't reach your fullest potential if the shallow noise is what you're focused on. This is a year of living deep. You'll never truly be satisfied until you're you're consciously moving forward in heaven's plan for your life. And don't listen to the ignorant things man say. You can do whatever you want to do with your life. No, you can't. Well, technically you can, because we have free will, but you were designed for something special. I wasn't made to be a, a tenor in the opera in Naples, Italy. I wasn't made to be the quarterback for the Seahawks. I could try those things. I could devote, someone could come along in my life and say, listen, I see this talent in you, and I'm going to coach you and develop that in you. But if I don't go deep, I'm going to be put on another path and miss what I've been made for. Because we all have different talents to a certain degree. But we need the leadership of the Holy Spirit to channel all of those to maximize who we are. Man, doesn't, man sees talent in you, and man wants to capitalize on it. Man wants to promote it and make money off of it. But man didn't make you. So you take a test from a guidance counselor and say, do you like this? Do you like that? All right, and, and okay, you've got these likes, you've got these gifts, you should go into this field. They didn't make you. You can't fill in a little circle on a computer or a a paper test and know your destiny. We're not robots. We're not paper dolls. We're made in the image of God. You're made to hear Him, to walk with Him, to live deep with Him. God has not left you alone. In this destiny. God has not forgotten what he made you for. I grew up and I had, uh, you know, my, my family didn't know the Lord. And they told me all kinds of things I should be. They didn't know any better. They just, you know, listened to talk shows. And Donahue was a big one back then when I was a kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about him. But my mom used to watch him. So that was what they listened to, the latest talk show advice. You know, the the experts would come on the talk shows and give parents advice, and that's what they went with. And they missed their destiny. They didn't know what to tell us. It wasn't until I gave my whole self to Christ at 19 that I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is who I was made to be that I began to understand why all the things were inside of me. It didn't happen in a day, but as you walk with him, clarity will come. You'll understand why you have this gifting and why you have that gifting and why you see things this way. But it's the Holy Spirit and only him that can put this all together in your life. Adults have done young people a great disservice by telling them they need to do this and they need to do that and and go into this field because that's where the money is. Be led by the Spirit of God who knit you together in your mother's womb. God has given you His Son He's given you his spirit and he's given us his written word. He's not left us alone. Let's get back to Zechariah. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Effortless change. So, as a parent, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit for my children. All I want for them is to be who God made them to be. I'm not trying to force them into a mold. I, I just was listening. And I'm confident even in the mistakes I, I have made as a, as a human being that God's grace will make up the difference. So Zechariah, now here here it is. This is, and I'm telling you that this the Lord is just He's just doing this as, as we're speaking, as we're gathered here. Zechariah is a very interesting book. In the Old Testament, you know how the books are divided. They have the books, the, the Pentateuch, and the, uh, they have the um, major and minor prophets, the poetry books. Well, Zechariah is considered one of the minor prophets, and that doesn't mean he was less important. It just means the length of his book was shorter than the major prophets, all right? But Zechariah is unique in the book of the minor prophets because his book, more than any other of the minor prophet books, contains the most and the clearest messianic passages of any of the other minor prophets. In other words, there are more passages about Jesus in Zechariah than any of the other minor prophets. He's like a mini Isaiah. There's a lot of Jesus. He talks about the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And this is where you've got to grab a hold of what's going on here. Zechariah was a prophet. And I know that might be a foreign word. And a lot of religious tradition in America teaches prophets don't exist anymore. Okay, you can have a pastor and an evangelist, but prophets, no. Apostles, no. Uh, what I leave out? What's the other one? Uh, teacher, okay, teacher, yeah, that's acceptable. No. Apostles are in the earth today. I know some. They're great. You need apostles in your life, not self-proclaimed ones, God-ordained ones. See, when you have a gift, you don't walk around telling people you are that. And I get a kick of being full-time ministry for 20 years. The people meet you and say, well, I'm a a such-and-such. Right away, that's a warning sign. (laughs) Why are you telling me that? Are you that insecure? Are you trying to validate that? They may be, but right away, that's something I know that I'm I'm, I'm a little hesitant to go any further with spiritually. You don't need to tell me anything. Just be. So you need apostles in your life. You need prophets in your life. And a prophet isn't a fortune teller. A prophet doesn't look into a crystal ball and try and get you in touch with your dead ancestors. That's a dead end. And we've talked about this before. Maybe you've gone to a spiritist, and they've they've pulled up Uncle John for you. And they said, okay, your Uncle John told me this. And maybe they've told you something that's very specific about your uncle's life that only you and your uncle knew. And you're like, wow, how did they know that? This must be true. Remember, there's a spirit realm. And there are spirits that were following your Uncle John from the time he was born. They know all about your Uncle John. So when a spiritist calls on Uncle John, it's not Uncle John that's speaking. It's a spirit of darkness that followed Uncle John. This is what happens with with spiritists and horoscopes and all. That's that's darkness. Don't be impressed by what they've said, even if it was like, well, how'd they know that? There's spirits that know everything about you. Well, not everything, only God knows everything, but they know stuff about you that no human being would know because they don't go to sleep they hear the little things you whisper the little things you've been through your family they've got assignments Satan has a strategy and he's assigned spirits to try and trip you up don't be impressed by that you need Holy Spirit apostles Holy Spirit prophets when a Holy Spirit prophet speaks They will encourage you in Christ. They will always exalt Christ. They will always bring clarity to who Christ is, what He's already accomplished for you, and who you are in Him. That is the mark of the fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The first thing, the mark of a true apostle is the clarity they bring, the revelation they have of Christ. Okay? There's nothing mystical about it. Zechariah was a prophet. A prophet, what was his role? He was sent to who? You know Zechariah, the book? Can you say his name? Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. So the, a prophet's role, he was sent to encourage Zerubbabel to do what God called him to do. That's what I'm sent to do in your life. Prophet and pastor very often go together. But the role of any fivefold ministry is to encourage you to fulfill your destiny to build you up in Christ, to equip you so that you can leave this place and be all that God made you to be. That's what what we're made to do. Now, Zerubbabel, very difficult time. They were were captives in Babylon. The the place where they worshiped, the capital of their worship in Jerusalem, the temple was destroyed. God called Zechariah to speak to Zerubbabel and Zerubbabel's calling was to lead God's people back to Jerusalem and rebuild this temple that was laying in ruins in the midst of resistance, mockings, a forgotten past. That's what Zechariah was called to do. So you can imagine Zerubbabel, as the Lord speaking to him, to go back to a destroyed place and make it new again. How discouraged he could have gotten. And he thought, well, I, you know, I, I don't even know how to build a temple. I've never built a temple. I've been in captivity my whole life. They didn't teach us temple building. And you want me to take your people back to this forsaken place and build a temple I don't have that knowledge. I don't have that skill. I don't have that experience. And then the prophet comes and says, it's not by might. It's not by your skill and experience, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. So that's the context of this minor prophet book. So they did. They left captivity with the king's permission, and they went back to Jerusalem. And there was political pressure on them. They began the work of the temple. But the opposition rose up against them. And the work that God called them to do came to a complete stop. I try and just imagine what what the people were going through in the Bible. I don't like to just read through it. I like to try and say, what, what, what are they dealing with here? So you can imagine coming out of captivity, that's your frame of reference, going back to a place your ancestors talked about that's destroyed, and, and you, you know God's called you to do this, the prophet's encouraging you to do it, and you start, and things seem to be going well, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe they had a, a certain amount of the foundation was laid, I forget where they were at in the process, but then political pressure comes in. They begin mocking and, and persecution, and the work that God called them to do came to a screeching halt. God's not forgotten you. What about the temple of your life? Are there any adversaries that have crumbled your temple, that have done damage to you? Are the stones of your life broken and need to be rebuilt? God's not forgotten. You know what Zechariah's name means? Yahweh remembers. I need a father like that that's greater than all the stuff I've been through. That my life can be broken and that I could be a pile of, of rocks in the middle of the floor and he can come in like a fresh wind and put me back together again. I believe the Lord is saying that to you. I want to rebuild your life. I want to rebuild your life. I want to make all things new. I want to bring you to completion. You're the temple of God, the New Testament tells us. Did you know that? Your body was made to be his temple. You were made to be in a vibrant, transforming relationship with him. You were made to be a display of God's love, joy, peace, strength, salvation. But we've all gone through stuff, haven't we? Are you, maybe, I don't know, have you ever been in a place in your life where you feel like, I'm done? Where you were making some progress on something, but you just came to like a screeching halt and you just couldn't seem to get over this thing? Not by might, not by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. Would you receive that? You may be at that place right now. You've been banging your head against the wall. God says, let go. Let the fresh wind of the very Spirit of God the Father take you there. Lift you up and over. Let's keep reading in Zechariah. Not by might, not by power, but my Spirit, saith the Lord. Verse 7. Look at this. Who art thou, O great Mountain. What was he talking about? The, the obstacles that have been raised in your life. Not by God. God's not, he, God doesn't want to stop you. He wants to promote you. Remember, we're not ignorant of Satan's strategies and schemes. Satan will try and bring obstacles in our lives, things that look like mountains, things that look like we cannot cross, we cannot win against, things that are daunting and discouraging, things that that will take the wind out of your sail if you'll keep staring at them. See, the things Satan will introduce into your life, if you keep staring at them, they will drain you of your energy. I hope you're hearing this this morning. They'll drain you of your passion. They'll drain you of your expectation for tomorrow. Who are you, O great mountain? What mountains are standing in opposition to your life right now? It's a good year, isn't it? It's a good start. We're just hitting it head on. Come on, what's opposing you right now? Not who, but talking about people. Talking about things that Satan is trying, what's he, how's he trying to discourage you right now? What mountain is he sticking in your face? O great mountain, before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plain. What's a plane? P-L-A-I-N. A place that's easy to pass over. I lived in Northwest Ohio. That's where I came to know Christ. And man, that, the, the ground is as flat as this floor. You just look for miles. It's like flat as a pancake. That's a plane. You just, phew, nothing in your way. The Holy Spirit wants to come right at that opposition and level it. So you can go right on through as if it was never there. I hope you're awake. I hope you're awake. I'm telling you, this is heaven to you. I don't know how else to say it. God wants to level the opposition in your life. But you got to give him your attention. You don't have to be Perfect. I'm just saying you got to focus on him. Listen, when I'm in a fight, I don't take a break and, and watch a stupid movie. I need life intake. When you're in the midst of an opposition, you need a steady intake of life. I can't afford to go to a church that's not going to give me this stuff. I can't. I can't afford that. I have a destiny to fulfill. I realize I'm the only one God ever made. I need life when I come on Sunday. That's right. That's right. I can't play religious games. I can't do that. I've been done with that for almost 30 years. I need to hear from heaven. And I need to see those mountains become plains in front of me. Hallelujah. Boy, this is good. I'm listening just like you're listening. And he shall bring forth, oh my. The headstone. What is that? That's symbolic of the completion of the project. He shall bring forth the completion in your life. The Holy Spirit will level the opposition against you and bring you to completion. <laughs> He'll bring forth a headstone. Now that's prophetic, isn't it? This is, see, the Bible's so deep. There's many levels it's speaking. He's talking to, uh, Zechariah's talking to Zerubbabel about his current project in Jerusalem, but he's prophetically speaking of Christ. He's the headstone. When he came into the earth, when he went to that cross, when he descended into hell and he rose from the dead, the headstone was put in place and you became complete. You're complete in him. You're complete in him. You've been made complete. You've been made complete. You are not lacking. You're not lacking strength because Christ is your strength. You're not lacking wisdom because Christ is your wisdom. You're not lacking provision because he meets every one of your needs according to his very own supply. (laughs) Come on, what's unfinished in the temple of your life? What is it? What have you been struggling with? I like this. We're in real life territory now, right? I don't like pretending unless I'm on a stage in a play somewhere. What's unfinished in your life? What needs to be brought to completion? The Lord wants to do it. By his might, his wisdom. His power. How's that going to happen though? Let's keep reading. He shall bring forth the headstone, the completion thereof with shoutings crying what? Grace! Grace to it! If you get a hold of anything, get a hold of this. How will the mountains be leveled In your life, how will the things God's called you to do come to completion? By you opening up your mouth and shouting, Grace! Grace! Right to it. What are we talking about? Here's what Satan does He brings the opposition, and then he tells you how you can't overcome it because of all the mistakes you've made. And if you listen to him, you're gonna get weak right? And then you say, okay, and then maybe some time passes. I'm going to buckle up. I'm going to try harder. I know I'm weak in that area. I'm going to really, I'm going to go through this program. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try my best. And you come back at that mountain and maybe six months go by and you're knocked down again. He discourages you again. Maybe you get up a second wind. Okay, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try. And you get knocked down again. You get knocked down again you can knock down again. But because it's you can't do this in your own strength. It's a dead end. If you're going to try and fulfill your destiny in your own strength, you can't do it. So instead of keep running at it and getting knocked down, you stand up, you stare right at Him, and you say, grace! Yes. Amen. It's the grace of God. He already did it for me. I'm not going to try harder anymore. I'm going to let him live his life in me. Grace is your completion. The grace of God means you're complete. The grace of God. What does that word mean? Powerful word. We say favor and it certainly means favor. I like the acronym, you'll hear me say G-R-A-C-E, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. The best way I know to define grace is all that God has provided for you through the finished work of His Son. But I heard a definition of grace some time ago and I like it. Grace is the operational power of God. I like operational power. Because when you're in the midst of a project, you're operating and that operation, you need, to, you need the power and resources to pull it all together and get the project done. God's grace is his operational power in your life. His ability to get it done. How about that for grace? God's ability. To, so that frustrates the devil. He doesn't want you to rely on grace. He wants you to try harder because he knows he's going to wear you out. But instead of trying harder, when you just look at the devil in the face and say, Grace! He doesn't know what to do. Because you're not following his plan anymore. You've become wise now. I'm not going to go after the carrot on the end of the pole. Grace! I've received the abundance of his grace and the gift of his righteousness. And I'm reigning as a king in life because Jesus has made me complete. Hallelujah. It's the operational power of God. Romans 5.17, and we're done. Romans 5.17. Now, where's the first place in the Bible where the word grace is found? Anybody know? Hey, Genesis. Genesis, chapter 6, verse 8. Noah found what? Don't just read that. What does that mean? Destruction was coming upon the world. Everyone was going to be wiped out. What does finding grace mean? Deliverance, salvation, victory, safety from danger, protection, provision. Noah found protection, Noah found salvation. Noah found resources. Noah, Noah found the operational ability of God. It was the Spirit of God that built the ark. Wow, oh, this is good. Yes. Who built the ark? Noah, Noah. Holy Spirit built the ark. How's that song go, Jen? Who built the ark? Noah. Noah, Noah. Who built the ark? Brother Noah built the ark. <laughs> nice, that's good. <laughs> That was a Van Halen tune, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, the, the listen, this is good. This is a first, the first time something appears in the Bible, there's a lot to be learned from it. The first time grace shows up is in a man's life who is facing complete destruction. You want to talk about a mountain, the whole world's being destroyed. That's a mountain, right? He needed help. He needed deliverance. And he was the only one on earth who was interested in following the Father. Isn't that amazing? He and his family. He was the only one that says, you know what, no matter what anyone else does, I'm going to follow you, God. Grace. It was the operational power of God and Noah's life that built the ark. So here it is, Romans 5, 17. For if by the transgression... Of the one, that's Adam, death reigned through the one, through Adam. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign through the one, Jesus Christ. What does the abundance of grace mean? What does it mean? It means there's more, more than enough for you for the rest of your life. You can't mess up enough for the grace of God to fix you can't you can't do it you said but I failed 37 times you've got the abundance of his grace but it's been hundred and fifty-eight times you've got the abundance of his grace but it's been 449 times the abundance of his grace shout grace to it in the Phillips New Testament then we're done Philips New Testament Romans 517 For if one man's offense meant that men should be slaves to death, talk about coming out of captivity, all their lives, it is a far greater thing. So whatever you've been a slave to is broken in your life by his grace, not your willpower. Religion teaches willpower. Jesus teaches Holy Spirit power, grace power. Who receive the abundance? Excuse me. Uh, it is a far greater thing that through another man, Jesus Christ, men, human beings, by their acceptance of, their focus on, their realization of His more than sufficient grace and righteousness, should live all their lives. Like kings. Wow. Yes. Welcome to 2019, okay. Your Highness. Right. So, this we're going to do right now. Right. Think of the obstacles, the issues that you're facing, things that need to be brought to completion. Let's stand to our feet. This is all you know, this is your life, you're living it. God loves you. He's for you. wants to bring it to completion in your life. We've got a brand new year ahead of us. We're going to shout grace to every one of them. Whatever it is. Could be a little thing that's been nagging you for 10 weeks. Could be a big thing that's been in your life for 30 years. It's time for victory. How? By the grace of God. As we open our mouths, God's operational power goes to work. As you believe in your heart, and speak with your mouth. God's operational power is released in your life. You need to hear what I just said. Because you're leaving this, this place. You're going back out there. As you believe what God has said in your heart. And you speak it with your mouth. God's operational power, His grace, is released in your life. So Satan's not going to leave you alone just because you had an amazing time at Highway Church. When he shows his ugly face again, you open your mouth and speak the word of God. You see those obstacles, those unfinished issues? Are you ready? Look right at him. We're gonna release it right now. We're releasing the power of God in our lives. On three, we're shouting grace. Ready? One, two, three. Grace! One, two, three. Grace! grace to every one of you grace to every issue grace to every mountain may every mountain be leveled and every life represented here for the glory of Jesus Christ grace to every obstacle grace to every opposition grace to every unfinished project thank you Lord for the completion of our destiny thank you for it Lord by your grace by your grace By your grace. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Thank you, Lord. By your grace. By your grace. Every unfinished project. I don't like unfinished business. Thank you for finishing our unfinished business in 2019. Hallelujah. You're the finisher of the unfinished. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. Jesus. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow